Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. The White House today is doubling down on efforts to get people vaccinated against monkeypox, particularly homosexual men who have been most affected thus far. This as the CDC is preparing to expand its powers, including new mandates on collecting data. NTD's Melina Wisecup reports. An additional 1.8 million doses of the monkeypox vaccine will soon be available. Starting Thursday, states and local officials can request more vaccines to distribute at large LGBT events in the coming weeks and months. The White House's monkeypox coordinator describes the initiative. HHS is launching a pilot program that will provide up to 50,000 doses from the national stockpile to be made available for pride and other events that will have high attendance of gay and bisexual men. Intimate contact is the highest risk form of the spread, but the White House is now warning Americans that it's not the only way the disease spreads. They say other populations could become more vulnerable to monkeypox, including college students, sports teams, and children at daycare centers. More than 13,500 cases have now been found in the U.S. The director of the CDC says distributing the vaccines can be complicated. And then they will necessarily receive dose two at their local jurisdiction. And we anticipate that. We've seen that before when we've had to do, when we've done mass vaccination, for example, um, with uh, COVID. So we are prepared uh, to collect the immunization data. The CDC's latest goal is to make data collection mandatory. Right now, that's voluntary. The agency plans to ask Congress to expand its powers, one of those powers being to require states to submit health data to the government agency. This is one of the many ways that the agency is planning to reshape the way it operates after they say the government failed at handling the COVID pandemic properly. The agency is also creating an executive council that will report directly to CDC directors Walensky and the CDC is now closely monitoring the reemergence of polio. Reporting in Washington, D.C., Melina Weiskopf, NTD News. To assess the CDC's handling of the pandemic, family physician Kat Lindley joins us. Dr. Kat Lindley, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Doctor, the CDC director has recently come out and announced that the CDC's handling of the pandemic was less than satisfactory, saying, quote, uh, for 75 years, CDC and public health have been preparing for COVID-19, and in our big moment, our performance did not reliably meet expectations. As a physician, what is your assessment? I would say that's an understatement, right? Because for the past two and a half, almost three years, uh, most of their policies actually has, have failed the general public. And you could uh, just give us your thoughts as to where they failed uh, the most, if you will. Well, for example, you know, there was uh, just an article about six feet apart, how that number was kind of made up. There was no specific reason for six feet. Uh, also, the masks. Masks, uh, there is really no, um, any, there is no scientific data to actually prove that masks work. And they're still failing because they did not actually uh, state anything regarding masks. And now we're going to have children, I believe, in Philadelphia schools I read yesterday, are going to have to wear masks. So I think to keep on allowing these policies to continue. And uh, you can just even go by the recent change in CDC guidelines. There's no, there's no change between vaccinated and unvaccinated anymore. 
So why do they push these vaccines on everyone and some people have lost their jobs for it? I would say that most uh, of the American public actually is very disappointed with the policies that came out of CDC and this idea that they will now regroup and see what's going on. You touched on a lot of uh, interesting points there. Uh, based on what we know now, according to CDC guidelines, like you mentioned, uh, about the virus, vaccines, natural uh, immunity, et cetera, uh, does it make sense that the United States military still has a vaccine mandate in place for soldiers? It doesn't make sense to have vaccine minded mandates for anyone. It doesn't make sense that we approve these vaccines in children just recently. It doesn't make sense that we're going to have new vaccines uh, for different strains that won't even have a trial. So none of these policies have made much sense from the beginning. And the fact that they keep on going with them truly doesn't make sense. Is there a silent majority in the medical world that after watching the way things have evolved, as you mentioned, uh, from misleading on cloth masks, vaccine mandates over vaccines that don't uh, stop the spread, uh, the demonization of ivermectin, that there is some healthy pushback over all of this, um, that the CDC is now having uh, what seems to be this unusual watershed moment? I think the biggest failure of this of our response to this epidemic is actually not allowing physicians to be physicians and make these decisions directly with our patients. Um, I care deeply about the health of my patients. I would never give them something that I don't think is going to work or that would harm them. And to put barriers into trying to treat patients from the beginning at home so they don't have to go to the hospital was a huge failure in my opinion. And to tell you an idea, when I lost confidence in CDC was really early on, because when the whole thing started and New York was in such a mess and, you know, uh, Northeast states had a lot of cases, we started with wearing N95 masks with the visors, and then they ran out of those, so that it was uh, KN95s, they ran out of those surgical masks. At one point, they said to wear a bandana. and. Uh, also for us in the hospitals, because they didn't have enough supplies, they would say, you can um, sterilize your N95 mask and things like that. All of that was nonsense. And just by some of those directives, you can tell that, honestly, they were just making it up as they were going. And the fact that now two and a half years into it, we're still asking some children in some school districts and uh, different states to wear a mask, knowing that there is actually a huge toll on, on children's mental health. You know, uh, I really urge CDC and the leaders at CDC to truly look at the cost of this pandemic on people's lives and then see what they've done wrong. And there's nothing um, wrong with admitting that we made mistakes. That's a first step. But now they truly need to go back and look at everything and reverse their course because their course is damaging Americans going forward. Dr. Kat Lindley, thank you. Thanks. Student debt forgiveness is another way of saying taxpayer-funded tuition. This idea has been a hot topic of debate on Capitol Hill. And this week, President Biden took a major step in this direction by wiping out nearly $4 billion of debt for over 2,000 students who were defrauded by ITT Technical Institute. Some say this is a stepping stone to the socialist experiment of universal taxpayer-funded college. North Carolina Congressman Greg Murphy is against this idea 
and we had a chance to speak with him earlier. Congressman Greg Murphy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate you. Appreciate you inviting me. Congressman, the Education Department is forgiving loans of students who attended uh, a university called ITT Tech. Uh, it was a for-profit college that closed in 2016. Now, we don't blame the students for this, um, but it does raise questions about the administration's loan uh, forgiveness initiatives. What is your take yeah. on this? Well, you know, Steve, it goes back to the old, and again, I, I commiserate with the uh, students themselves um, and having buying loans that now they're they really didn't get anything from. But it goes back really to the great adage, caveat emptor, know what you're buying when you buy it. And uh, while there is always a risk in any purchase whatsoever, what the Biden administration is teaching, and it's teaching youth, it's teaching the country for that matter, is um, everybody is a victim. And if you're a victim, uh, then the government will help you out. And sadly enough, you know, the life, uh, life is full of hard knocks. I don't think um, that uh, we should now be paying for um, educational benefits, which these students received, and they could transfer some credits, I would imagine, um, on the backs of people who, one, never went to school, or two, uh, never benefited from anything like this. And so it's just sad. You can't sit there and tell every student, especially every young kid, that life is easy and everything, if there's a mistake made, that it'll be forgiven and they're not repercussions to actions. They signed on the dotted line. They put their name um, on the dotted line. And I think this is one of the reasons where federal money and uh, stuff that has flowed so easily from our federal government should be stopped because there is no risk in this that the, that the person themselves take, take, except all of a sudden now, I mean, especially now, if they, everything is going to be forgiven. So I think it's a very, very dangerous precedent um, that the Biden administration has taken. Now, you had written to the Secretary of Education last year about the administration's loan forgiveness program. Uh, yeah. What is your biggest concern and what kind of response did you receive from them? Uh, well, we didn't really get a response, sadly enough. And my biggest concern is, what are we teaching our youth? Um, that you're not responsible for the debts that you take out? What happens when they graduate from college and they sign on their name on a dotted line for a mortgage? And uh, all of a sudden they're not making something, they're, making, they're, they're uh, not making enough money or they buy too much house or something, that somebody's gonna come in and rescue them. There's a thing called personal responsibility that unfortunately uh, this administration seems to be not understanding uh, that it's something, this is what the nation was built on, personal responsibility. And just forgiving loans or making things easy for people where the government comes and stepped in really is not a pathway uh, to individual success. Congressman, you also introduced a bill to pressure university endowments to divest uh, from dangerous Chinese entities. You said it was a threat to U.S. national security. Could you tell us about yeah. this bill? Yeah, uh, so Steve, I was on the board of trustees of my alma mater, Davidson College, uh, back in the, the middle part of the decade. And during that time, there was a great push for the university to divest out of fossil fuels. And so many of our investments were in, you know, uh, in mutual funds where we would just have a sliver uh, back and forth. And we went through discussions of how hard it was going to be. But we had the moral obligation to divide, divide, divest out of these uh, um, uh, these terrible entities. Well, now you, we find out that so many of our institutions, especially those who have billions and billions in their endowments, are investing in a nation, in a country that is uh, murdering its own people, that is our enemy. Uh, truly trying to undermine the United States, undermine the democracy um, that we treasure so dearly. And so there's literally no reason 
that we should be funding our enemy. We did it long enough when Biden came in and took away uh, the ability for the United States to uh, uh, pump its own fossil fuels, and we, we paid for uh, Russia's war of aggression. We should not be in our nations, in our, our universities and colleges, funding our greatest enemy, and that is China. And sadly enough, uh, you know, a couple people uh, came back, and they were, to their credit, they said, yes, uh, we don't have many investments, but we'll divest. But sadly enough, some of the bigger name institutions said, well, it's not illegal, and so we're not going to have to do it. So um, uh, we will be forcing them to do it at some point. Congressman Greg Murphy, thank you. Thank you, Steve. God bless. Have a great day. You too. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.